Welcome to the May edition of The Compliance Life. This month I visit with Mark Beyer. Mark is the Chief Compliance Officer at the Pernalis Electrical Cooperative in the Hill Country of Texas. It is the largest electrical distribution cooperative in the United States. Mark has a very non-traditional background and journey to the CCO chair. He also has developed a compliance toolkit that he's learned in his various jobs leading up to his role as the CCO. I know you'll enjoy this month. In this part two, Mark discusses moving over to Baker Hughes. The Compliance Life details the journey to and in the role of a Chief Compliance Officer. How does one come to sit in the CCO chair? What are some of the skills a CCO needs to successfully navigate the compliance waters in any company? What are some of the top challenges CCOs have faced and how did they meet them? These questions and many others will be explored in this new podcast series. The Compliance Life is hosted by Tom Fox and each month he'll present the story of one CCO through four episodes. The Compliance Life is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. We're going to have a quick word from our sponsor, and then we'll be right back with Mark Beyer on The Compliance Life. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for uh, episode two in this month's four-part exploration of The Compliance Life. Uh, today, we have back with us Mark Beyer. And uh, at this, uh, on this episode, we're going to talk about Mark's move into the oil field services world. So, Mark, first of all, welcome back. Thank you very much. So, Mark, uh, you detailed for us in, your la- in our last episode your work at Lockheed, but uh, you moved on from Lockheed. So could you tell us where you went and why you made the move and uh, what some of the challenges you faced at your new company or found at your new company uh, that really helped you to uh, learn to expand a risk management program? Yeah, so Lockheed, you know, like I said last time, it was a lot of great experience, um, was really enjoying it. Um, a lot of good stories, um, but I chose to leave at the time. You know, I, I really wanted a, a new challenge from a career standpoint. I wanted to um, kind of, oddly enough, get more risk, grow, <laughs> or get into an environment that had more risk, so that we can really kind of test, you know, from a compliance standpoint. So, um, at Lockheed, I was, you know, it was all it was government contracts. The you know the power of the government was with you. The the the, the umbrella of NASA. The you know narrow scope in terms of compliance risk because it was really, you know, um, moving uh, items that, largely moving items that were ultimately ending up in the space station. Um, so it was, you know, thing to support the crew and things like that. And so I really wanted to, like I said, grow risk. So I was given the opportunity to go over to Baker Hughes, uh, which is an oil field services. Um, very large, uh, at the time, publicly traded company. This was before all the, um, you know, the, the um, uh, mergers and acquisition activity uh, that occurred. Um, the, uh, publicly traded company coming off government, you know, monitor, um, uh, and so uh, you know, I, I, the program was kind of in a transition period in terms of leadership and and kind of where it fit into the organization. Um, Ellen Smith uh, came in as the as the trade compliance director, and she was really my kind of next big mentor in my career. Um, she trusted me to help her build the program uh, there at Baker Hughes, um, the trade compliance program. 
I came on as a, as a, or a start, uh, my, my role there was a trade compliance program manager. So it's kind of a unique role, I think, um, at the time, at least in, in terms of, of trade compliance programs. I didn't, you know, do export licensing or customs compliance work or any of that kind of thing. What I, I did was, was manage and, and develop and design that the program of how we all kind of fit in together and how we all fit in with the organization. And so, um, you know, that's like things like training development and training rollout, um, messaging and communications, you know, procedure development, system ownership and system development, um, process improvements, all those types of things that help, you know, the, the individuals that do the export licensing, that process, uh, you know, customs activity, that you know, do sanctions reviews, all that, make their jobs hopefully as easy as possible or as, 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 as efficient as possible and uh, where they can kind of seamlessly fit into the business. Uh, we've had the opportunity to have Ellen uh, on the Compliance Live. And uh, so I get to ask you this question. What was it like to work for and with Ellen? Ellen's great. I mean, she's, she's a friend and a mentor even to this day. Um, I learned a tremendous amount from her. Um, the most important thing was really how to build a program. You know. Uh, compliance, we tend to think about rules and processes and procedures and all that and, and, and documentation, and um, but that's not really what a program is. Building a program, um, you know, the importance of building a program rather than just implementing rules is what really what I, I got from Ellen. Um, we started, um, we, we put together um, uh, you know, a trade compliance, you know, what we called playbook at the time, which basically was a, a, a way to convey uh, trade compliance expectations, standards, rules, that kind of thing, um, specifically to um, um, targeted, you know, functions and departments rather than kind of overall, um, you know, policy, you know, typical policy management. So, you know, giving IT only what IT needs to know in order to, to ensure they're following the rules, giving finance only what they need to know in order to, for them to follow the rules, that kind of thing. It was very successful, uh, received very well, um, and that's how we, sh we, that's how I learned how you get, you get buy-in from, from the business is to, is to really think through a program and, and design and build a program to the organization. And, and Ellen, Ellen was a, was a, was a big part of, of me learning that experience, having that experience. Mark, also, uh, one of the key people at Baker Hughes um, was then Chief Compliance Officer Jay Martin. And Jay uh, has been a mentor to many of us, people who worked at Baker Hughes and indeed Houston and the U.S. Uh, full uh, compliance. And so I was wondering if you could uh, talk about, did you have the chance to expand your um, program, uh, knowledge to other areas such as anti-bribery, anti-corruption, and what was it kind of that, um, I guess, what were the, um, what was it like at Baker uh, under Jay uh, as the chief compliance officer? Yeah, so Jay was, was there um, when I was there, and, 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 um, and I, I was, like I said, lucky enough to be trusted by Ellen and Jay um, to I guess expand beyond my role in trade compliance and to really help out in the anti-bribery, anti-corruption, third-party due diligence, um, all that you know that that side of the house as well where I could, um, mostly from a process improvement standpoint. Now Jay and and the leadership, legal leadership at the time, um, like I said, was coming off some some monitor requirements that we we had prior. Um, 
and it was really kind of time to look at uh, look at the program in kind of a new light, I think. And so uh, it was it was kind of a, a way to take my Lean Six Sigma background, um, where I, by the way, I, I kind of advanced that at Baker Hughes, also being a manufacturer. Um, Baker Hughes is where I actually got my next level of that, which was called a, a black belt. Um, terminology they use to show, I guess, uh, knowledge in the in the field. But um, I, I used my Lean Six Sigma experience to kind of help um, streamline some processes in the anti-bribery third-party due diligence um, uh, processes. And it was uh, it was eye-opening um, because that's really the place to be um, in that field. Oil and gas is really the place to be when it comes to, to that. And, uh, and I think I achieved my goal uh, early on of, of of getting a little bit more risk and getting exposed to a little bit more uh, uh, experiences when I moved to Baker. And, and I really appreciate that opportunity that Jay and, and Ellen gave me uh, to grow. Mark, I practiced in Houston uh, for uh, over um, 30 years and uh, 35 years. And uh, I was around a lot of lawyers, uh, both in private practice and in-house, who worked in the um, aerospace and space industry whether they worked for NASA, whether they worked like yourself or Lockheed Martin. And uh, I was always on the energy or oil field side of things. And it always struck me that people that, particularly in the space, uh, space administration and space type work, like you've described at Lockheed, really had a lot of pride in their work because they felt like they were really doing something uh, for uh, the U.S. space effort. And you uh, so I wanted to ask you one is that observation true and then was it was it different when you moved to Baker not to suggest that oil field service work is not important uh, because I certainly felt like it was but I, it just always struck me that uh, the people who worked at NASA and those who were contractors for NASA really had a little bit different kind of perspective on things and I was wondering if you might say a few words about that that's right so in my experience Lockheed you you really grow you really become part of the mission and they make it very um, easy to feel that way um, by the, the the positions that that organizations like NASA or Lockheed or whoever put their employees in and kind of the way they they treat employees and so you really do feel like you are contributing to bettering <laughs> to improving you know things from a scientific perspective or from an exploration perspective or whatever it is. Um, and so, you know, while I played one role uh, in, a, in, a, in a very large system to get um, things up to, to the space station so that astronauts can perform the work up there, you truly felt that you had a role, and, and that was that was really uh, important. When I moved to Baker, um, uh, you know, oil and gas very important. It's a you know, you know lifeblood of, of of how we of how our economy works. Um, Definitely not a, a negative to that in any way, but you're right. It, you feel different. You feel less, I guess, of a of kind of that 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 positive mission um, orient oriented uh, feeling. I'd say um, it's just very different. Uh, helping get you know men and you know people in space and 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 research done in space to producing you know oil tools and oil fill, oil you know drilling fluids and. And you know things, uh, you know, to, to to you know to oil fields across the across the globe. So a very different feeling. Um, 
um, and that's one reason why uh, you know I ultimately ended up uh, choosing to to leave uh, Baker. You articulated in a way that I think uh, really resonated with me. It seems like when you were at Lockheed and you specifically said this, you were part of the mission, and Lockheed was a part of the NASA mission, and and really that message and that uh, corporate ethos was with you throughout what you did. When I was at uh, Halliburton and uh, other oil field service companies, I felt like I was a part of a commercial operation, and I certainly was very motivated by that, but I was doing commercial contracts that I didn't have that sense of mission, so I think maybe that's, uh, that's the difference. You really did have a sense of mission at uh, uh, Lockheed. Um, Mark, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for the second episode, but I hope our listeners will join us again uh, in our next episode where we talk about uh, your next move to a medical device company. But uh, before we leave, if our listeners wanted any more information on yourself or any of the topics you've touched on, what would be the best way for them to find out? Yeah, they can go to my, my LinkedIn profile or they can email me if they have any questions or, or um, want to chat mark.buyer um, at peci.com. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. Thank you again for listening to this episode of The Compliance Life. I hope you will join me again next week where I take up another episode in The Compliance Life. The Compliance Life is a production of The Compliance Podcast Network. If you would like to be featured on The Compliance Life, please uh, give me an email at uh, tfox at tfoxlaw.com. Also, if you like this series, please give us a rating on iTunes. Uh, Any review and rating would definitely help get the word out about the latest addition to the Compliance Podcast Network. Thanks again. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.